This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employers respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Tired of endless diets and weight loss struggles? It's time to say goodbye to frustration and hello to results. Introducing Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD, your breakthrough solution to fight stubborn body fat. Imagine burning fat, balancing glucose levels, and regulating metabolism in just 12 weeks. This unique two-in-one product combines the power of two clinically studied ingredients in one revolutionary formula. Berberine, which targets abdominal fat, and OEA, which curbs your appetite, with just two capsules a day, Smart Metabolic Burn by BrainMD can kickstart your metabolism, fight stubborn body fat, especially that pesky abdominal fat, and support your weight management journey. Right now, save over 30% on Smart Metabolic Burn at GetSmartBurn.com, the lowest price anywhere. That's GetSmartBurn.com. Don't delay. Transform your life with Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. Our products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste, or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products, because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Hello, this is Craig Ferguson letting you know that I am hitting the road again this week with my fancy rascal tour, starting in Boulder, Colorado on August 17th and 18th and continuing to many other beautiful regions throughout September, October, and November. For the full list of dates, please go to my website, thecraigfergusonshow.com slash tour, where you can also buy tickets or not. See you out there or not. My name is Craig Ferguson. This podcast is called Joy. It's not rocket science. I talk to people I like about their pursuit of happiness. Here's Tony Hawk, a legend, an icon, maybe the icon of the skateboard world. Enjoy. How are you feeling, by the way? Are you all right? Like, uh, yeah, physically? Yeah, thank you. <laughs> that, that seemed like a much more loaded question. Yeah, but, yeah, um, yeah. No. I, uh, yeah, I broke my leg about a year ago. Is and it, is had it a, uh, Can you skate? Yes, finally. Yes. Uh-huh. I went through a false start the first time because I <laughs> got back too soon and, <laughs> and the impact forced my bone to never reconnect. You guys um, like evil Knievel shit going on. I mean, in hindsight, it's regrettable. It's embarrassing. But I also was in denial of it. I thought that I was just going through a harder time. So about eight months into my recovery, I realized that it wasn't getting any better. I wasn't improving in terms of what I could do physically. And I went and got x-rays and realized that the bone was actually further apart than oh, it had been post-surgery. And went and got it realigned with a specialist and waited. And that was, that was the key. Just do waited. You have a, do you have a different pain threshold to normal humans? Have you ever had it tested? No, but it's, it's definitely 
been noted by by others and and friends and things. And well, it's funny. I watched till the wheels come off last yeah, night, uh-huh. and I was looking at the spills that you were taking. Or what do you? I see. I don't know the right terminology because I'm not scared. Is a spill right uh, or spills? Sl- slam? Yeah, slams. Sure. <laughs> all right, or falls, or maybe yes, all hurties. Like I see some of the hurt. If you say bail, if you see bail, then that's more intentional. Right. And what you were seeing there was definitely no, more no one was unintentional. Bailing. Yeah. <laughs> they, were, they were like, but even from the, the footage when you were a little kid, like everything yeah. just like slamming into this thing over and over and over again. Do you get immune to it? Is that it's what it's not is? immune? It's more that there's an acceptance that comes with it. Right. That I need to endure this for the sake of progression. And so that that has always been my attitude. And so I didn't I didn't mind it so much. Right. Sometimes it's worse than others, but not that often. I mean there's there's sort of this I guess it's more like when you choose a, le- a life of skateboarding, there's sort of a level of pain that you know there's always going to be low lying like all the time. But Kinda, the, the, yeah. the, 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 see I envy you very much. Not about the money and drugs and fame and shit. I've had enough of that. But the, <laughs> but you knew your thing and you have your thing. It's not like it was ever in any question. Because you said right there you chose a life of skateboarding. Or you didn't say you chose it, but you used that expression. Do you think you chose did, it or it sure. chose you? Because like, like your dad at that point as well, because your dad was heavily involved in the... Yeah, that's a good question. I would say that I chose a life of skateboarding early on, even when it was not there was no path to success because no one had carved that path yet. Right. But I loved what it provided me, so I just loved skating. But I would say later on, there was a sense of skateboarding chose me in that suddenly people were asking me to sort of be the spokesperson. Yeah. And I was willing to do it, but it wasn't what I aspired to. What did you aspire to at the beginning? Just keep learning new tricks. Right. That was it. It was, it was pretty simple. But it's a funny thing, though, because, it, I mean, like, you're one of these people that's really difficult to have a conversation with that's recorded. Not because you're difficult, but because the people that are into your thing are so messianic about your thing that if I say the wrong word instead of spill, I say, or slam, I say spill, or, like... People get fucking crazy about it. And it's kind of <laughs> like. I'd say less now than before. Right. But I understand what you're saying. Yes. But it was funny watching, because I thought that the, the documentary about you and a lot of your contemporaries, Till the Wheels Come Off, that's what it's called, right? Till the Wheels Fall Off. Till yeah. the Wheels Fall Off, right? See, I said come off, fall off. Now uh, people that, be, I've seen that actually in print. So, oh, right, okay. yeah, don't worry about that. It's, so, it's, <laughs> but I was watching it. And because I'm not like, I'm not in that world. I mean, I know of it, but I'm not inside it. And the athleticism and the grace and the style and and the craziness of all of that, what you do is obvious to anyone, even on a casual glance. But what I wasn't expecting to see is, first of all, the development of the world. I mean, like you were, it, that's like being around at the start of golf or something. Do you know what yeah, I mean? It, yeah, in a lot like, of ways, sure. And then you and I think Mullins as well, a mm-hmm. very get a very strong sense of, I don't really think it's about the board and it hasn't been about the board for a long time. I feel like it's it's something else. It's like a search for grace. It's like the way guys climb mountains or something. Yeah, I would agree with you there. I, I think that, especially with Rodney and I, we were so hyper-focused on new moves, new tricks. And we didn't know what the goal of that was. It just fed us. So we would we learn new trick and then move on to the next one, move on to the next one. And we didn't really think about that we were creating any sort of movement. Right. We just had to do it. And then as we got older, that became 
you know, there's an argument that, that became more of a curse than a blessing because we keep chasing it to our detriment. Where even Rodney, I mean, you, you see him now, like, let's put it this way. Rodney walks through an airport and people come up with courtesy carts. So do, do you need a ride? Really? Yeah, that's the truth. Do wow. you know what I mean? Like, yeah. People he, do that to me too, but I, and I can't even write a skateboard. <laughs> because he, he walks with, with such pain. Right. But he will skate for three to four hours every single night on his own. That's interesting. So he's more comfortable skating than walking then. Absolutely. Yeah. Are you that way too still? I, I would say before I got hurt, yes. Now I, I definitely have a little more hesitation in my skating because I should. I'm still on the healing path, but yeah. Also, you, you like everybody else, you get older. And you get older, sure. It takes but longer, I, I, I feel like I think what wasn't really talked about in that documentary because it's nuanced and it's more my personal thing is that my style has changed quite a bit in the last 10 years in that I'm more focused on low impact skating. And I know what you saw there was pretty crazy and I did some crazy stuff and whatever, but, but really my focus, especially with tricks has been more technical. And so it's more like board maneuvering and stuff that just is on the top of the ramp as opposed to 10 feet above it. Right. So it's funny because I don't, I can see the athleticism of it, but I don't understand how it's done. Uh -huh. It's like if you, if I watch someone play golf or swim even, you know what I mean? It's like, I know how it's done, but I, like I watch what you do and what Mullins does and what, what all these other guys do. I'm like, I, I don't even know where you start with that. <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, but you've, you've created, I mean, you personally as well with the, the foundation have moved into this idea of like expanding it. There's, how many parks have you put together now? Uh, well, we've helped to fund over 700 wow. over the last 20 years. And I, that's, I mean, that's my proudest work. And that stems from my experience at the skate park as a kid, because I got very lucky in that one of the last parks in the US happened to be in San Diego, right. pretty close to where I lived. And that was never lost on me that I had that place to go and I had that sense of community and I had that support group there. I mean, yes, it was my training ground, but it was also just this place of belonging. It was like where the kids went, right? It was. I mean, it was. I, you found me there at all hours until they closed right. when school was out. But when I had a sense of success and a way to sort of help, I don't know, the, 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 the industry or the skaters that was my first go-to was I want to provide more skate parks because all these kids feel disenfranchised. They love skating and they're told not to do it because it's on public property or yeah, private property. And it's a nuisance in it and it's and, noisy. And whatever and, else, but it's yeah. like, but they found something that speaks to them and that, that I think is a healthy outlet. What do you think it would have happened to you if, if you hadn't found skating or it hadn't found you? I think I would have just been doing something really tech oriented because I was really fascinated with technology all yeah. through my teenage years. And, and I mean, still to this day, but, but I was an early adopter. Like I had one of the first nonlinear video editing systems and really I did. Um, I, I, Cause I thought that, I guess the, the answer I was kind of expecting was that it, you would have been lost without it, but it doesn't seem um, like. I probably wouldn't have felt as um, rich. <laughs> for sure that I wouldn't have felt as validated or or felt like there was something that I could do that really fed what I needed in terms of creativity wise right and so maybe doing video projects or something would have 
touched on that a bit, but I don't think it would have provided the same. It's an interesting form of creativity as well, doing, you know, creating tricks on a board. I mean, it's it's like painting with something that nobody's painted with until yeah, or, what, or, 1970 or, or something. I mean, or did you, do you think anyone will appreciate it? Well, I, yeah, I think people do appreciate it. But I just saying like yeah. back then, especially right. with the creation, like with, with Rodney and I, when we were doing all these tricks, right. it was kind of considered a circus act. Well, it, it's got a bit of that in it. You know, yeah. I mean, when you guys were doing the, the tours with, uh, you know, setting up in the arena with, uh, you know, the ramps and the motorbikes, and right. that, it's a little bit of a traveling circus, isn't it? It's a little bit oh, of a for monster sure. truck. Yeah, absolutely. But but what I'm saying is, is in our world, skating was a pretty small community. Right. We were the outcasts of that community because all we cared about was tricks. Everyone else cared ah, about right. yeah, the style and, and how much air they get. And, and so Rodney and I were these outcasts. Like we were outcasts in an outcast activity. Right. And so we didn't think there was any sort of, there would be any accolades in, in that. We just loved doing it. Do you know, for a while, I worked with Mick Jagger mm -hmm. on writing a screenplay. For, that never happened. But because I was doing it, I was on tour with the Rolling Stones for a while and I got to see up close how the Rolling Stones work. And I was watching Keith Richards, who you remind me of a little bit, because he would be quite happy if he was playing that guitar in a shitty blues band in a pub in London, fine, doesn't matter. Or if he's playing the Enormo Dome in San Diego, doesn't fucking matter. It's it's playing the guitar that counts. Yeah. And is that the same for you yes. on the board? Yeah. So even when when you were doing the like when things were nutty, when you're like you have your own plane and you're you know, like the crowds are crazy and the money's nuts and stuff like that, was it all still focused on the board? Is that what kept you out of the the druggy drinky world? Uh I believe so, yeah. I mean, I definitely had my own vices and distractions through the crazy years, but always the priority was skating. And I think that even in my youth, when in the 80s, when we thought we were having unparalleled success and we were doing all, you know, we were doing some TV stuff and movie stuff, I was always really focused on the skating because I saw my peers, some of them get distracted and get caught up in the hype and, and get hooked on drugs. Right. And then they lost their abilities. And it was like, that was my very first example. Like, don't, don't go well, down that, that route. That's, that's what I thought. I mean, it's not something you can do when you're high is get on a board. and Or, or is it? I don't know, uh, can you? I, I, <laughs> maybe for a certain amount of time. Right. But did you ever, doesn't... like, do you ever give demonstrations? Do you ever, you know, get on the board and do crazy shit when you were messed no. up? No. no, no. I think my, <laughs> it's funny. I, I remember the skate park I grew up at, people would smoke weed in the parking lot. Not everyone, but some. Oh, come on. And Everybody, then, it's California. The whole state smells yeah. of weed now. Well, I was pretty young too. Yeah. So I remember one day I was like, oh, I'm going to go join the crew. And right. then I came back to skate and I just couldn't get it together. I couldn't, right. you know, everything was, my timing was off. I kept almost, almost, hang, we call hanging up, which means like locking up on the coping where your board sticks. Right. And I just thought, okay, I can't, can't do that. That doesn't work for me. And drinking is just out of the question. Right. When you're skating. So I, I think, think that, that was I it. think I'm beginning to figure out why I never get into skateboard. <laughs> <laughs> but it's kind of interesting though, because it is that is a real kind of positive thing. If you're talking about all these skate parts for kids, if you can't do it properly when you're twisted on booze and alcohol or uh, and drugs, right. you're kind of helping people stay away from it a little I, bit I too, hope right? So I mean I, I for sure 
there is the contingent that they equate partying with of course. skateboarding yeah. and, and they do it. And, and honestly, it's probably more of a short-lived thing, but that's their life. I can't, I'm not trying to right. have some just say no campaign with <laughs> no, the no, skate parts. Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's more that um, we want to provide them the outlet. Yeah. Because when you started, it was it was basically, it was just dried out swimming pools, right? That was, that was at the beginning. Yeah, I got in at the tail end of that. Right. So the Dogtown and Z-Boys, I knew of that crew as right. I started, but they were already, as far as I was concerned, much older. What is the evolution of it? If you can take me through it a little bit. So the Dogtown, was, is that the very beginning? The beginning has, has there's controversy over how it began. But, time, yeah. but basically, the first skateboard, it is said, was a roller skate that was dismantled. The trucks and wheels were, were nailed onto a two by four. Right. And that was a skateboard. And then a lot of the Southern California people took that as, oh, that's surfing on a sidewalk. Right. So then they started developing actually shaped boards out of fiberglass and, and, and wood like surfboards were made. Right. And then they were trying to emulate surfing. Once the, the big drought hit in the 70s in Southern California, all these swimming pools were dry and the surfers saw that, oh, that looks like a wave. And that's how we that's how it, got it, to... Do you surf? Do you, do you I do, look? yeah, but, but not as actively. And the reason I got into skateboarding is because my older brother was a hardcore surfer. And so he got into skateboarding by default because that was, if you lived in Southern California, you surfed in the 70s, you started skating. And that's how I got my first skateboard was his hand-me-down. Oh, wow. He must be very happy for you. <laughs> <laughs> he, but you're a lot he's younger very than happy you. that he, he can school me in surfing yeah. still. That's what he's happy about. Hello, everybody. This is Craig Ferguson letting you know that my fancy rascal tour resumes this August and continues all the way through November. For a full list of dates and tickets, please go to my website, thecraigfergusonshow.com slash tour. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Look, everybody has stuff that stresses them out and annoys them, and I'm no different from anybody else. For example, I get very irritated that people that wear shoes that look like feet. That's not a big deal, but it's a, it's a big deal to me. Obviously, there are much more important things to get worried about. Get them off your chest. When you keep them bottled up, it starts to affect you negatively. Now, therapy is a safe place to do that. That's what I did. And you figure out what's going on with you, work it through, and then let it go. Let it go, you see? That's what, I, that's what I think. I've done a lot of therapy, and I have to say I'm a very satisfied customer. If you think I'm kind of tense now, you should have seen me before I started. I'm actually, I really do recommend it. If you can do it, you should do it. If you're thinking of starting therapy, I'd suggest giving better help a try. It's entirely online. It's designed to be convenient. It's flexible, and it's suited to your schedule. All you have to do is fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with, you know, a licensed therapist, a proper one, and then you can switch your therapist at any time for no additional charge. I just think it's a good idea. Give it a shot. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash joypod today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash joypod. Tired of endless diets and weight loss struggles? It's time to say goodbye to frustration and hello to results. Introducing Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD, your breakthrough solution to fight stubborn body fat. Imagine burning fat, balancing glucose levels, and regulating metabolism in just 12 weeks. This unique two-in-one product combines the power of two clinically studied ingredients in one revolutionary formula. Berberine, which targets abdominal fat, and OEA, which curbs your appetite with just two caps 
capsules a day, Smart Metabolic Burn by BrainMD can kickstart your metabolism, fight stubborn body fat, especially that pesky abdominal fat, and support your weight management journey. And right now, save over 30% on Smart Metabolic Burn at GetSmartBurn.com. The lowest price anywhere. That's GetSmartBurn.com. Don't delay. Transform your life with Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. Our products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Do you dream of a healthier life, but education feels out of reach? Trinity School of Natural Health makes holistic education accessible with online programs to fit your busy schedule. Trinity School of Natural Health makes holistic education accessible with online programs to fit your busy schedule. Trinity School's Certified Natural Health Professional Program is the perfect entry point to gain foundational knowledge to empower yourself, your family, and your community to live healthier lives. Turn your passion into a career. Visit trinityschool.org for more info now. Well, it's funny that you're you're a lot younger than your nearest sibling, right? Yeah, he's 13 years older than me. Right. My my son, my youngest son is nine and a half years younger than his than his older brother. Mm-hmm. And it, when I was watching the energy of you as a young kid, it reminded me very much like my own son is very like that, like a kind of 60 pound psychopath, really. Right. I mean, just yeah. like... And I, I had think, one of those too. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, they're kind of amazing. I think it's something to do with being light as well. See, I was a... I was a husky little kid. Yeah. So if I fell, it really hurt. Right. If you're 60 pounds and you fall, I think it hurts less. Maybe, but but I think the, <laughs> the light and fearless is is a scary combination. Yeah. And that's is. definitely I had I had one of the we, we have several children between my wife and I, but there was one that was we called him a pixie. Yeah. But he would try anything. Yeah. But almost to the point where he had no sense of mortality. Yeah, well, kids are kind of like that a little bit. Yeah, but he he was off. He was on a different like spectrum off the charts of that, a little yeah. bit. Do you think that you were more cautious, like as a parent, because you had gone through all of those injuries and and that the creation um, of that world as that world is forming? You, I, you're I would up say that I probably leaned more towards the other side of it in my early years of right. parenting because I was young. I was I was twenty four when my son was born. That's young, and yeah. I was just joining him, doing stuff and getting him into skateboarding and, you know, he's going down big ramps and I'm pushing him into waves and it was just more like, oh, I have this friend to to do this (laughs) stuff with. And it wasn't, I I was trying to keep him safe as well, but I did think that he had a pretty good sense of his limitations. Right. And I was thankful for that. It wasn't until I had other kids that I realized, oh, they don't all have that self-preservation gene. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny that when you become a parent, and and it's just as you get older as well, because I was different with my older boy than I was with the younger one, but they are different too. They are, yes. There's a lot of nurture and nature. Yeah, what do you think? Like, because your dad was very supportive to you. At least I, at least I took that from oh, yeah. the documentary yeah, that you that you and your dad were close, and he was very supportive. But the world was forming. The the competitive mm-hmm. is it competitive? I guess it's competitive. Yeah, yeah competitive yeah. skateboarding. But when I looked at that, the thing, when you first got to do the 900, right? Or when you finally cracked the yeah, 900. Mm-hmm. How many times did you do that that day, that X Games, to get to that 900? Oh, that, I think that day was 11 or 12 or something. But it's funny that people focus in on that because there were plenty of other days where yeah. I tried it dozens of times. Right. But did you get it though? Didn't days? get it. Well, that's no. why. That's why they focus. Because the day you get it is that's the day. Right, yeah. right. But uh, do you know what I mean? Like that was a relatively short duration of attempts right. for, for as far as I was concerned. Right. So when people say, you tried 11 times, like, yeah, that was nothing. I tried it hundreds of times before <laughs> that, like thousands of times. But something like the 900, which I, I, I'm not 
quite sure why it's. In fact, I'm not. I don't know why it's called the 900. Why is it called the uh, 900? That's d- degrees of spin. Right. So it goes around two and a half. Two and a half. Yeah. Right. So two and a half times in the air and then land. Mm-hmm. And you envisage that in your head first, and you go through it in your head, and you create it. You like a like a painter does, or a movie director uh, does, or yeah. Eventually, I did yeah. that. Yes. When I first started trying it, it was almost ten years prior to that event, and I really didn't know how to spin around that far, how to balance my body so that I could be in the position to get back down on the ramp. So I didn't have quite have the vision then. It wasn't until a few years later when I actively started trying it and started figuring out that I could possibly get close. That's when I started visualizing it. And that's when the chase got accelerated because I was just all in on this trick. Right. So you you understood that it was possible for you. Yes. And the idea of as you're falling, as a, as a human being is falling through space, and you're still having to twist, and you're gonna you have an appointment to make with the board that you're gonna have to yeah. you're gonna have to meet that appointment, or it's gonna hurt, or you're gonna be embarrassed, or you're just gonna not gonna make the trick. That does the time slow down? Can you slow it down and think your way through it, or is it not possible to consciously go through the trick? Does it have to be? you know, like automatic? Does it have to be just there? uh, That's a really good question. I don't say that time slows down. It's more that there's a bunch of elements that have to come together and you know it as soon as you take off that this one has all those pieces. Right, so as you take off... As you take off, but... You think, I'm going to make it. I would say more often than not, you don't have all those pieces. Right. So you take off immediately knowing this one's not going to work. But you have to go through the motion of it because to take off in that position with that much speed and not spin all the way through is the most dangerous thing you can do. So you just have to commit. You have to commit to, to, so what I'm saying is a few times I've done it where it didn't happen that day at X Games, but it happens, it's happened to me before and after that. If I don't get a hold of my board, I have to commit my body to that full spin because of what I've, the position I put it in on the, upon the takeoff. And I learned that the hard way because a couple of times I didn't get, my board got away from me and I just stopped. And all of a sudden I was like, oh shit, I'm in space. (laughs) I have no idea where the ramp is and And where is it? And then I hit it on my back. Yeah. And then that's the worst case scenario. So I learned that even if it's not going to work, just go through the motion of it. And does it feel like, does it feel like there's anything you can do? Like if you go off and you go, no, everything is here, but if I just... Do uh, something. Well, you definitely, yeah. I mean, there's plenty. There's plenty of that yeah. in our cavalier attitude towards <laughs> tricks. But also in that moment, if you're in competition, you're gonna try to make it no matter what. Right. So that's another. We we call them well hail marys. It's like it's like right, right, yeah, you're gonna yeah. just throw it down that because this is the time it yeah. has to happen. Right. And if you're gonna crash, it should be now. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. If you're ever gonna get destroyed on this trick because you committed to it, it should be in this format. Right, so at least stay within the, the bounds of the track. Sure. Right, yeah. I get it. If you had been involved in the sport now, like if you were like, Tony Hawk is 12 years old today, and you're getting involved in it, does the sport now say to you, you have to wear this, you have to wear these this protective no. outfit, you have, you, it's still the same it's, as it, it was? No, it's, it's, so when I was growing up, the only way you could have any sense of success in skateboarding was to compete. Right. That's it. There was no YouTube. There's no social media. The magazines were not going to cover you unless you went to this big event and probably did well. Right. Even if you were doing new tricks and not placing, they don't care about that. 
Right. Now skating is of age. It's way more diverse. You can enter skateboarding and never have to compete and still be one of the most successful skaters that's ever been. Because you can do videos and sure. just, you could have your just YouTube like the way channel. you do you it. Could have your, your, you, know, you could have your big social. You could be an influencer <laughs> and a skater. And it's just a totally different... It is because of how much it permeated mainstream culture in that skateboarding is just more of an accepted form of art or sport or activity, whatever you want to call it. What so is it to you? To me, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's a lifestyle. It's a sport. It's an art form. But to me, it's, it's my salvation. That's what I was going to say. It's, it's almost like I got a sense of that from you. I find what, what you were saying is, is like, would you have to conform to some sort of team sport or uniform or something like that? Well, or, or it, safety sure, equipment. If, you, if, or, if your goal is to be in the Olympics, right. yes, that's your path. And that's what you're going to have to adhere to. But you can just do it in your own voice, in your own style, and still make a go of it. Right. What about the idea of if it was an Olympic sport when you were a kid, do you think you would have gone that way? Do you think you would have? Uh, sure, because that was that was the only... But doesn't that say, I don't know how it's graded in the Olympics. Can you bring a new trick to the, an Olympic display? Yeah, yes. So it's kind of like gymnastics. You go, here's something nobody's ever done before. Absolutely, yeah. And people go, okay, wow. Uh, and you get your tens out of tens. Yeah, and well, and also the judges are all well-versed in skateboarding, obviously. Right. And for them to see something new is is going to probably, they're probably going to overscore you for it. Right. Because they just didn't expect it. Right. Does it form like a routine? Like if you, I don't know how the sport's graded in, in the Olympics. So the, um, the format of the Olympics is not any different really than what you probably saw in the documentary right. or in other skate events. You have a timed run and you are judged on your difficulty factor, the speed you kept, how you right. use the course, and your consistency. The basic elements of it are all the same. It's funny, though, that talking about it as a sport, I mean, there are guys who were interviewed during the documentary when I watched it, I thought, this guy with the neck tattoos is never going to go to the Olympics. He doesn't. He's not even interested in watching the right. Olympics. Sure, never and, mind. and th that you was, know. in my day, skating was so counterculture that it was it was akin to punk rock music. It was right. like, we're not going to fit in. We're doing it our own way. Well, Fuck that's you guys. what I always associated with it, that it right. was a and, kind and, of like a punk thing. Sure. And and in that respect, there's extreme versions of that where it's like, we don't want to do anything that is considered mainstream right. or whatnot. But then if you, I was so young, I didn't really understand all of that narrative maybe right and i just loved what skateboarding was even though it was different and it made me an outcast at school and you know it was it was just not the coolest thing to do i just loved doing it but also i love the idea that i got to compete with all these people that were that liked the same thing right and it does seem quite supportive in an odd way that people are you know they're competitive, but not competitive in a way that you want to bring the other guy down. It's just like I can't believe you. Yeah, did and that. I think, and I also think that shines through in the Olympic coverage. Right. I saw. I, I mean, if you're talking about like, I, I got to go to Tokyo, and a good example was the women's park event. There was one one girl that was absolutely the favorite to win. Right. You know, without question, if she would have made her whole routine, she's going to win this thing. And she just kept missing this one trick, and she finally. Almost got it at the end, but still missed it. She ended up getting third. And when the whole, when the competition was over and they gave out the awards, all of the other girls lifted her up on their shoulders and carried her out of the venue. That's beautiful. That, I mean, that, I, yeah. what other sport could you think of? I don't the Olympics think. where they're yeah. 
they're all celebrating the third place person because they thought she was going to be the best. And that she tried. Do you get an amount of attempts in the line? I guess just with the No, time not with that. That's that, that one, it's a, I believe it's a 40-second routine. Right. That 40 seconds, that's it. If you fall in the middle of it, you're out. So the idea of doing 11 attempts at a 900 is not going to exist. And you're never going to see that in the Olympics. No. Right. No, not at all. But you are going to see it at the X Games still, right? Yes. Right. I hope so. Yeah, I think I, so. I hope that format continues. <laughs> are you going to keep skating until the wheels come off I'm, of you? I, I, I mean, that wasn't my quote, by the way. That was no, Rodney no, Mullins. Mullins. But, um, yeah, I remember, but yeah. Yeah, in a sense, I think that I've, I've definitely gotten a better perspective on my limitations through this last injury I had. Yeah. And that I don't expect to come back fully 100% and get back to the exact same type of skating I was doing before this happened. But I can find some happy medium there. And I can find something that where I'm still considered a professional, I could still probably put out content or whatever it is of some sort of progress in skating. But I'm not moving the needle necessarily. It's right. just more that it's more personal goals. Can you envision a time like you know how they do the senior PGA tour? Sure, that? and that's already that already exists. Right, so you get like a yellow yeah. jacket, they, or it's maybe funny, a color they, and tie, and it, just. it's funny because they're they're having a few events in recent years. Uh, in fact, there was one in particular called Bolarama in, in Bondi in Australia. Right, and they had this this big bowl event every year. They had the pro division, then they had the masters division, which is basically older pros right. and then they had the legends division okay. which is super old pros like me <laughs> but legend is better than senior I, isn't well, it well legends yeah i feel like i'd rather be considered a legend than a master yeah yeah but at the same time and also the masters division like those guys are still pretty much pro skaters so I wouldn't have wanted to be in that division <laughs> anyway it's like like there's guys who are younger and faster than you and yeah, here they come it's more like I would say it would be more like the pros are sort of 30 and under. Right. The masters were like 30 to 45-ish. Right. And then all of us old guys oh, the were legends. the legends. Yeah. The, the, I mean, I, I, I love the idea. Is there any generational kind of get off my lawn part of it? Like, do you look at kids who are coming up now and the, the boards are better and the helmets are better and the no, things I mean, are better? I, and... I, I would say there's a sense of jealousy that they have the resources to let's say try their first 900 into a foam pit yeah. i would have loved that yeah. option yeah, i didn't but, have that <laughs> but would you have got to be a legend if you if you land in foam you're never a legend I, yeah but i would have maybe kept my front teeth yeah did you think you've spent a lot of money on dental bills over the years <laughs> yeah, yeah i did yeah I, uh let's see I, I knocked my front teeth out when i was 10 or 11 that was my first big injury and then knocked them out about five times since is there's there no kind of mouth guard you can wear or something like that? Uh, you could. I mean, I've, I've, I think I've passed that time in my life. But, yeah. Um, well, no. But also the cool thing, and I and I say this a lot, but the cool thing about getting new teeth is that you get to pick the size and the color. <laughs> so where you losing the swings? That's you silver lining, yeah. Those. Yeah. So where do you think it goes? No, then the sport is it a sport. I don't even know if I buy that it's a sport. Well, I think it, it's more it, than by, just by a sport. By the definition, sure. If, yeah. if that's if you're looking at the competitive side of it, but also right. there's just this whole counterculture art form to skateboarding that has no interest in competing. So I feel like it's it's a big umbrella. 
It is. I suppose the the closest thing, I mean, it's nothing like this physically, but it is kind of like golf in the sense that some people play it and it's really important to them to win and some people play it and they play against themselves. And they play, um, or they, or just to be social. Right. Or that's who they yeah. hang out with. Yeah. yeah I mean, exactly, there, there, yeah. Is, there is a, a whole population of skaters that are like my age that they love to go skate curbs. Sunday morning, 8 a.m., that's their crew. They go and skate the grocery store curbs because they're painted red and they can grind and and it's low impact and they're do you still ever, skating. Do you ever go and do that? Yeah, but my style is so steeped in uh, what in we the, call transition yeah. that I'm pretty clunky on curbs. Like I'm, It's probably more dangerous for me to skate a curb, honestly, than the 14-foot ramp. And do you still have a ramp at home? I have that the ramp that you saw in documentary. That's, I, that, was, I was riding that yesterday. Really? Yeah. So you are back on That's it, my guys. happy place. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So yeah. like if you have you have a row with your wife or something, you're like, ah, you go out there and you... I would say it's definitely my way to center myself. Yes. What happens if you can't get on the ramp? If you can't get on the board? I'll let you know when I get there. It's never going to happen? <laughs> I'm sure it'll happen. Uh, maybe, they'll, maybe I'll just get a smaller ramp. Get a smaller ramp or maybe just uh, start wearing more foam. Like <laughs> wearing a foam suit. That might be a good look. Do you think that... Like the journey that skateboarding has made, do you think it, it's good? Do you think it's good for it? Do you think it's healthier now than it was then? It's much healthier now than it was then. Oh, yeah. really? I mean, there's definitely the the naysayers that say like, oh, all this corporate... Because there is a lot of corporate yeah, involvement. Yeah, all this corporate now. involvement and, and we don't belong in the Olympics and sell out and blah, blah, blah. But I still think the core of skateboarding is what it always has been. And that is a self-expression and something that is very creative very innovative, but also so diverse that you can't define it as just one thing. Yeah, I, I, it, it beats me. I don't know how to define it, but I'm shocked by the, not shocked, I'm impressed and delighted at how different the mindset is from one border to the next. It oh, is yeah. a very individual and, thing. And I think that it's even more diverse and inclusive now than it used to be. I mean, the, the mindset... To be a skater in the days that I started, you had to be very committed to it and almost like obsessed with it to the point where you didn't do anything else or know anything else because it just wasn't accepted. And so you had to be stubborn and, and very resilient to all the, all the criticism you get from the outside people. The stubborn thing is quite, is quite interesting. The obsession that you kind of need. I have a, a friend who became a very, very, very successful guitarist. Mm -hmm. And he started when he was very young, obviously. And he said, you have to be obsessed enough, the expression he used was to achieve escape velocity, that you have to be so obsessive, you have to like go to it four hours a day when you're like 12 years old in order to get that, to make it become something else. So you're not like a yeah, guy I, playing I mean, a guitar think, at a party. I think it's the 10,000 hours yeah. idea. Is that what they say, 10,000 hours on the board? Is that right? I mean, that's what they say about anything that you become an expert at. You need yeah, to put in yeah. your 10,000 hours. But I think that I never thought of it that way. It was just, it, I was obsessed with it. It was as soon as, as soon as the school bell rang, I had to figure out how to get to the skate park. And I would be there until either it closed or my mom got off work. She worked at a, at a um, community college at, as a night teacher. So I had that going for me that it wasn't... Do you still, be like do you still feel that way? Do you, is there still a moment in the day where like, if you talk to me now and you think, I'm fucking tired of this guy. I just really like to go and get on the board. <laughs> no, but, it, but it's definitely... I, let's just put it this way. It's much more scheduled right. for me now 
where I know the guy have this window of the day and right. I better get there or I'm gonna, it's going to pass me by. Right. So you get there and then you get to the early bird special at the Legends of Skateboarding restaurant. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You're on to something there. <laughs> All right. Tony, it's a joy to talk to you, man. Just, oh, just I appreciate wonderful. the invite. Thanks Thank very you. much. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It's a simple truth, no matter who you are, that mental health challenges can affect you, and how you manage them can make all the difference. That's why everyone should have access to mental health support that meets them where they are and helps them get through. BetterHelp provides online therapy on your schedule. It's flexible, simple to use, and more affordable than in-person therapy. Connect with a licensed therapist selected just for you. Learn more at BetterHelp.com. That's Better. H-E-L-P dot com. Tired of endless diets and weight loss struggles? It's time to say goodbye to frustration and hello to results. Introducing Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD, your breakthrough solution to fight stubborn body fat. Imagine burning fat, balancing glucose levels, and regulating metabolism in just 12 weeks. This unique two-in-one product combines the power of two clinically studied ingredients in one revolutionary formula. Berberine, which targets abdominal fat, and OEA, which curbs your appetite. With just two capsules a day, Smart Metabolic Burn by BrainMD can kickstart your metabolism, fight stubborn body fat, especially that pesky abdominal fat, and support your weight management journey. And right now, save over 30% on Smart Metabolic Burn at GetSmartBurn.com. The lowest price anywhere. That's GetSmartBurn.com. Don't delay. Transform your life with Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. Our products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Do you dream of a healthier life, but education feels out of reach? Trinity School of Natural Health makes holistic education accessible with online programs to fit your busy schedule. Trinity School of Natural Health makes holistic education accessible with online programs to fit your busy schedule. Trinity School's Certified Natural Health Professional Program is the perfect entry point to gain foundational knowledge to empower yourself, your family, and your community to live healthier lives. Turn your passion into a career. Visit trinityschool.org for more info now.